What's up, everybody? We are sorry that we did not record last night. Yeah, it is my fault. No, 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 this isn't true crime headlines. I'm doing a story. What? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know we were doing a story. Yeah, is this unlisted or public? It's unlisted. Oh, okay. Well, shit. Hang on. Can I change the title? Yeah, that's why I said unlisted, because it's a story. Richard? No, don't even put that. It's a Halloween story. Oh. And we're going to get started here. So we're doing a horror story. And will you read some of the ones right quick on the Discord under the open for all? Oh, and let's start with that. Read what? Read what? People posted their own horror stories. Um, like, uh, I think uh, Carmen says something about the cemetery. She Oh, I see Carmen's. Um, so John asked for people's scary stories on the Discord. And I'll read you a couple of our Patreon members' uh, responses. Carmen says, I was a junior in high school and one of my friends whose dream was to be a funeral home director always told everyone he could see ghosts and had a connection with spirits. So we thought, fuck it, let's go to a haunted house and stop at a cemetery on the way home. But that was his dream? Yeah. I guess you can't say anything, but that's kind of crazy dream, isn't it? Well, there were about eight of us stupid kids walking around the cemetery and he's going around literally trying to get spirits to talk to us to show themselves. After about 20 minutes of nothing happening, we thought he was being crazy and started walking to the car. The only flashlight we had was on a lanyard. And as I walked with the person holding holding it to me and my and my cousin witnessed the string of the lanyard being pulled completely horizontal to the ground and fly about 10 feet to the right of us. That fucks me up still to this day. Damn, that's interesting. That's crazy. Yeah, I had asked her why was she on a, a cemetery on Halloween? Have you ever done that? Been to a cemetery like on Halloween? No. Or at night just for scared? Just to be scared? <sighs> no. Me neither. Would you sleep in a cemetery? No. What if someone pays you like 300 bucks? It would need to be more than that. But like I would do it for compensation. It's just not something I would just like do for fun, you know? Yeah. Yep, yep. Summer says a friend of mine got possessed by wearing old clothes he found in a trunk when he was a kid. He had to have an exorcism performed on him and the whole shebang. Holy shit. So I had asked everyone if they believed in cursed objects. Natasha's typing one, so hopefully I can share that one. Nice. Oh, hey, Carmen. Carmen just joined. He ended up being a funeral home director and embezzled hundreds of thousands of dollars. (laughs) 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 Well, there you have it. What a conclusion. (laughs) to that story. Holy shit. There's that much money that goes through there? I guess so. I mean, funerals ain't cheap. Mm. Hey, Courtney. Yeah, what's up, Courtney? Yeah, funerals, that's like the thing to be in because a lot of people don't want to be in them. Like a lot of people. Yeah, I have a friend whose parents are. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen that show on HBO, Six Feet Under? Mm -hmm. We should watch it. Me and a buddy used to watch it all the time. It's about this funeral director. It's like an HBO, so there's like a lot of sex and stuff. Makes it all worthwhile to watch. (laughs) (laughs) So I never do this. I never do this. And I really don't want to do it today. But I feel like it's my responsibility to to say this. But I I never give trigger warnings. I just I don't want this to affect somebody. So I'm going to say this. And I I wrote wrote a note. It's a trigger warning for this story. Warning, guys, while researching this story tonight, the history and its meanings, I started to feel strange, disconnected, nauseous, especially while I was viewing the photos that you you're going to see tonight. Now, I'm not a believer in the occult. You know that. I'm not a believer in the occult. And my feelings and my illness when I was researching this story may just be a fluke, albeit strange to me that accounts of hundreds of others have had similar reactions. You're not buying it. No, I am not. God damn it. 
All right, right. let me read Natasha's story she just posted before we get started. Go for it. Uh, My friends and I were fucking around with a Ouija board. Oh, God. And we had candles lit. Well, we were talking to the spirit, and the candle started getting brighter and brighter. Well, out of nowhere, the candle got even brighter and broke the candle holder. Mind you, this was in the middle of summer and no wind. We threw the board in my closet and noped out of that. Shrimp, how's your Ouija board doing? I was about to just ask that. Uh, well, it, uh, there was like a clump of hair that was in the what? Y- yeah, in the she said that in the what is it called? Like the needle thing, the plan- planchette, planchette. Yeah. Tonight we are covering a true story. This story tonight is one hundred percent true. I got to say that because a lot of people listening may have some doubts, but it's actually what's wrong? Your ear? Yeah, I, ha- I just have <clears throat> to scratch my ear. Sorry. It's it's kind of a good thing that the photos that I'm going to show can only be seen on the live stream, which is unlisted, because I am I know I was kind of embellishing the fact that I got a strange feeling in sickness, but there are people, I was not embellishing the fact that people do get weird reactions while viewing them. Martin goes, let me guess, also no one else has ever covered it. <laughs> no, someone else has covered it. I think the Travel Channel's covered it. I don't think anyone's covered it, not on a murder podcast. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that's covered it. <laughs> That's like my tagline. Someone should make that a shirt. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one to cover it. No, you don't use usually, I'm pretty sure. It's usually, I. no one has ever done this ever in the history of all time. Let's get started. 2001, Burnside Bridge, Oregon. You said that's so weird. Okay, go ahead. I said it how it's pronounced. Oregon. Oregon. We're going to Portland, Oregon, October 28th, 2001. And we're talking about a senior citizen. I wouldn't say elderly, 65, maybe 70. Her name is Ida, Ida Manis. And it's her birthday. October 28th is her birthday. And so so she goes to her son's furniture store. His name is Kevin. He owns owns this place. It's an antique antiquities. They do some restorations, old furniture, stuff of this nature. And she's over there all the time, but special today because he says he got a a birthday present, which he usually does, but it's usually not a piece of furniture. It's something, you know, something, whatever. It's nothing to do with his job usually. But he said he found a piece while he was antiquing and it really spoke to him and he thought his mother would like it. So Ida comes over and she's super excited to see this. Now, I need to tell you again, this is a true story. 100% true. Everything I'm going to tell you. So Ida gets there and she sees in front of her this wrapped box. She gets all excited. She's laying back in this chair looking at this wrapped box. Kevin starts unwrapping it for her to his mom. And then all of a sudden the phone rings in the back mm-hmm. and it's kind of loud. So Kevin just like, hold on a second. Let me run and get see who that is. Okay. So at this point, Ida is on the chair kind of looking at this antique wine cabinet. And this is the uh, wine cabinet right here. And like I said, everybody, there are people that get weird feelings with this. I am not making that shit up. Okay. I am not, I am, that is not, I am not just saying that shit. I promise you. All right. This is the wine cabinet. So it's kind of an old piece, but you see there's these two doors on the, in front of it that kind of open up. Mm-hmm. And then... To open inside, you don't you don't see any handles on the two doors, the two inner doors, do you? What you do is you actually pull the bottom drawer open, and that spring loads the inside doors to to spring open. Okay. And then once it's open, it displays a shelf 
for your wine, maybe like a cigar. There's like a little um, humidor. Uh, no, it's not a humidor, but it's like a little uh, shelf or like a cigar, like a little drawer, whatever decanter, whatever you need for wine. It's a it's a wine bar basically, and it's it's old. He thinks it's from like the twenties or thirties. Okay, I was gonna yeah. ask if you knew what period. Well, I'll tell you, we actually do know when it's made, and I'll, it's made around 1938, 1939. And the reason I didn't tell you now that I wanted to wait will become evident, but at this point, this is where things get weird. The phone rings, so Kevin leaves, leaves his mom there to look at this box. She hasn't opened it yet, but she's she's sitting there looking at this box, the front of this box, and she gets a strange feeling. She she feels kind of drawn to it, but she knows something's off about it. Okay. She knows something's not right about the box, but she can't put her finger on it. But at the same time, she's compelled to open it. About 10 minutes later, 7 to 10 minutes, however long that phone call lasted. Mm -hmm. Kevin comes back and he sees his mother on the chair, the same chair that he left her at. He didn't really think about it at the time, but she had opened the box. So she did get off the chair. Mm -hmm. And now she's on that chair and she's slumped over. She's slumped over. Her eyes are open wide. It appears that Ida just had a stroke while he was gone answering the phone. Oh boy. The right side of her face had completely drooped, indicating a possible stroke. Right. Her eye, her right eye and eyelid, like the skin around the eye was also drooped. Her mouth was open in a kind of in a contorted sort of way that's not even natural for a stroke victim. Just kind of like, I mean, almost like a Stephen, I know it's kind of, kind of fucked, but almost kind of like Stephen Hawking, you know, how he's just like with his teeth sticking out. He is freaking out at this point. Kevin runs over there to his mom, checks her heartbeat. It's there, but it's faint, very faint. And it seems to him like it's getting slower. Her breathing is almost non-existent. She's breathing extremely slow. What's weird, and he may not have thought this was weird at the time, because he didn't attach any meaning to this. Because why would he? I mean, you kind of know we're talking about a cursed object. Why would someone attach any meaning to this? Your mom is older. She has a stroke. But he did notice that Ida's arm was raised up and she was pointing at that box. Now she is frozen. So she's like slumped over, unresponsive. And her her finger, her hand is outstretched as far as she can go. Almost like she's about to rip her own arm off the bone. As far as it can go. Her finger and her arm are stretched and pointing right in the center that open box. Creepy. Super creepy. Now, this is a real story. This is this all really happened. Has anybody heard this? Probably not. I haven't. First one to cover it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you the box one more time. Okay. Is anyone getting a weird feeling? No. I'm kind of getting some weird stuff going on in my shorts, but I don't think that's related. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's also something going on in your head. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Dubuque box, Brandon says. A what? Dubuque, D-I-B-U-K box. I don't know what he's talking about. Shram says it's my dick in a box. That is so. funny. All right. EMTs are rushed to the scene, obviously. Dibuck. Sorry. Dibuck. Brandon, are you telling what the story? What is it? Are you telling the story, Brandon? <laughs> 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 EMTs are rushed to the antique shop. Ida's body is placed on a stretcher. Oxygen immediately administered. Those two words are hard to say together. Say it three times fast. Immediately administered. Immediately administered. I said three times fast. <sighs> Immediately administered, immediately administered, immediately administered. (laughs) 
Nailed it. Okay. So, oh, Martin says he thinks he's seen a movie about that kind of box on Hulu. Yeah, it's called Possession. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, so I guess I'm not the first one to cover it. Oh, there I'm you actually, go. Hollywood covered it. Ah. Uh, <laughs> well, there you have it. All right. Are we going to watch that tonight? We can if you want. It's scary, man. I mean, I haven't seen it, but... That's fine. Are you sure? You're kind of like a little puss when it comes to this stuff. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. You get scared. I can tell in your eyes. I told you. I I committed to you. Oh. Nothing's off limits this year. How's that? How about them apples? <sighs> yeah, but I feel bad. Okay. So now it's up to doctors and the EMTs. They rush Ida to the hospital, and it's up to the doctors to save her life at this point. The thing is, they don't know what's wrong with her. There's no indication that she should have had a stroke. They can't figure out why her blood pressure is so low. They can't figure out why she's having trouble breathing. That's not indicative of a stroke. I like that word, indic. That's not indicative. That's not indicative of a stroke. Is that even a word? Indicative? Yes. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. uh, I have married, apparently, a 15-year-old <laughs> in the body of a 38-year-old. Ah, uh, pedo. <laughs> It's up to the doctors now to save Ida. They don't know why she can't breathe. They don't know why her blood pressure is sinking. She's obviously a stroke victim. But how? Why? This is her first stroke. It's not... Um. Yeah, but it's not like you need to have several in order to have a... But she's a healthy woman. And she's, now... She's older. Wow. She's the age of your parents and my parents. A little bit older. The age of our neighbor. Mm, okay, she's in her 80s, so... I'm not good at ages. I didn't find out her age. Yeah, probably, I would say 70s. Not uncommon. Strokes would not would not be. So you're so like. I'm logical. Uh, I'm pragmatic. Well, that okay? shit don't work with scary stories. You got to be scared up your mind. All right. <laughs> like, and it's just me. <laughs> All right. Just me on camera. <laughs> so the hospital staff are desperate to save Ida's life. The problem is they can't figure out what's wrong with her. So as doctors do. Do, they try to find the backstory. Any information leading up to this? What did she do today? What did she eat? You know, maybe this is an allergic reaction. Maybe, okay, so you have an antique shop. Well, maybe there's some some mold or something. Maybe. Or, or maybe something, uh, I don't know, like one of these old antiques have some sort of weird mercury or whatever. Like, what's going on? They can't figure it out. But at the same time, they're trying to save her life. So Kevin thinks back and he is distraught and he's trying to think about what happened. Well, I just went to answer the phone. I gave my mom this box. Uh, I gave my mom this box. Okay. He just bought that box not too long ago. He was at an estate sale and the box has a, a history behind it. What I was looking for were small, unique items I could sell, I could retail. And the best place to find those anytime is yard sales, garage sales, and estate sales, small auctions. So on this particular day, the family was selling items that belonged to the grandmother who passed away, who was a Holocaust survivor, and who had died at 103. Wow. So she had died recently at 103 and in her possession was this box. Now, it's not called the Dybbuk box. It's not called the Dybbuk box per se. This is a simple wine cabinet. 
the reason you hear that word, the Dybbuk box, which is spelled D-Y-B-B-U-K, Dybbuk, that is how you say it. Kevin Manis, a granddaughter of the woman, told me she told me that her grandmother had been born in Poland, where she grew up, married, raised a family, and lived until she was sent to a Nazi concentration camp during World War II. She was the only member of her family who survived the camp. Her parents, brothers, a sister, husband, and two sons and a daughter were all killed. She survived the camp by escaping with some other prisoners and somehow making her way to Spain, where she lived until the end of the war. I was told that she acquired the small wine cabinet listed here in Spain, and it was only one of three items that she brought with her when she immigrated to to the United States. The two other items were a steamer trunk and a sewing box. The box sold for $27. The grandmother, I looked up a little bit of her history. Her name was Havela. She, like you read, was in the concentration camp and her parents and her whole family was killed. She escaped. Havela's granddaughter is the one that sold the box. Now, she didn't know the whole story behind the box, but she did know enough to say, don't open it. Do not open this box. She's the one that said, this is a debuk box. Do not open it. Now, what that term means, as we'll kind of get into later, is a debuk is an evil and restless spirit. It's a Hebrew term that goes back centuries. I did do some research on that term itself, and we can see that it goes back thousands of years almost. For instance, the writing of Rabbi Chaim bin Chaim bin Vatel, 1542 to 1620. He talked about it. Um, some guy, I can't pronounce, the gates of reincarnation, 17th century. They all talk about the Debuk. It's like a spirit. It's a Hebrew, it's a very... It, and is it evil? It doesn't have to be evil. So We the, should ask my aunt about it. The word Debuk, I think I'm saying it right still. I said it right the first time. Debuk. The, the word Debuk is itself... That word doesn't necessarily mean spirit or evil. The word translated into English means cling, to cling hmm. to something. So the debuk is an evil spirit or a spirit who is clinging to something. This, in this case, an it would object. be the box, right. this wine box. That's why this box, she, the granddaughter, granddaughter of Havela said, don't open it because her grandmother said it had never been opened. She said, don't open it since it was acquired in Spain in 1939. She acquired it, bought it, whatever, or made it. Who knows? She may have made it, whatever. But when she did, something happened and she locked it. And since then, it's been locked forever. And she still kept it with her. This is what she's telling her granddaughter. Don't ever open this. But now, guess what? They're selling it. What do you, what's your thought on the debug box? I mean, so, so I think we've been talking a, a lot, even in the Richard Ramirez case about like spirits, souls, your dream, things of that nature. I don't associate necessarily like spirit stuff with religious stuff because I'm not really a big religious person because I think religion's like kind of horse crap personally. What? You got a lot of religious people on here right That's now. fine. Everyone's you got a lot in, of everyone is entitled to their own opinion and I'm entitled to mine. God fearing people. That's here. 
cool. I was raised Catholic. My mom's side of the family is Jewish. I still think religion's a bit of a farce. Just don't ever say that shit around my family. They fucking, I don't. They they ex- I would disown never. you. But like, I'm entitled to my own opinion, and that's my opinion. So, um, but I I don't. Well, like, who said spirits and religion go together? I think a lot of people do think that it has to do. Well, with, let's say like, it's not religion. Let's say it's spirits. Just do, do you believe in the spirits? Maybe. Like, I have an easier time believing in like spirits and energy and that type of thing to say like I I think there's something to that because my grandmother was able like saw my deceased cousin and um, her her grandson and later she was able to like see her deceased husband after my cousin had passed and I like don't think she was making it up Um, I know that she had a near death experience when she was in childbirth. And I know that that's like, a, you know, for those who are mediums or whatever, you know, some of them haven't are able to be in touch with that sort of thing. And I don't think that's totally crazy. I'm skeptical about it and think there's a lot of BS out there about it. But I don't think um, I don't think it's totally out of the realm of possibility. And I think there's a lot that I don't understand about what that could be. I don't think um, having a spirit or something tied to an object is totally out of the realm of possibility. All right, moving on. This, the granddaughter is very adamant. Don't open this The or the Dybbuk would come. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, whatever, dude. It's 27 bucks. You know, I'm just going to restore it anyway. Probably even give it to my mom on her birthday. Whatever, 27 bucks. He bought like, he bought hundreds of dollars of other stuff that day. Like this was the last thing on his mind. Anyway, he gets home and the first thing he does is, is the first thing I would do as well. Oh, she said, don't open this. Who the fuck is she? He gets a screwdriver. He's breaking that lock. That's the first thing he's going to do. He's like, maybe somebody put some gold in there. There's some money stash. Maybe yeah. this thing's even more valuable than I thought. I mean, hey, we resell shit all the time. That'd be the first thing we do. Well, so he knew that there were items in the box because of how heavy it was. So he was really interested to see if there wasn't any gold or whatever in there. Brandon uh, and Natasha would like me to know that Cthulhu is coming for me. And, but Brandon, but Martin's perspective is that um, my perspective is understandable and respectable. But, you know, every, <laughs> everyone brings their own perspective to the table. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't want, I'm not going to tell somebody else that their beliefs are dumb. I just have a different belief. Religion is like a warm blanket, though. You don't want to, it's comforting. That's what I'm saying. You don't want to go, you don't want to be the guy going around ripping off people's warm blankets. Totally. Like the thought of not having an afterlife is really depressing. If and you what think about, about the it. freaking skinwalker shit? That doesn't open your mind a little bit. Oh, yeah. I totally You're literally agree. seeing aliens and stuff, mm-hmm. spirits, all kinds of shit. I don't know. All right, let's 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 get on with this, man. Kevin gets home and he gets a screwdriver and he's going to open that lock. Can you read what he says? Yes, but I would first like to respond to Martin who asked, would I buy a haunted pair of Jordans? And absolutely I would because I would resell the shit out of them as long as they were authentic. I'd like to know how they'd be haunted, though. <laughs> it's like so cool. <laughs> I guess if if like a gang member was wearing it and he was in a shootout and he died. They would be worth so much money if they were like, a, if it was like a celebrity. Like, imagine if it was like Tupac's Jordans that he was wearing. Yeah. Can you imagine? Actually, I would probably never sell them. Really? You would keep those stinky shoes in here? 
If it was someone that I like really idolized, maybe I would keep them. So you would you would keep that shit, but you wouldn't let me keep some of the stuff I want in here. Like if I get this Dybbuk box, if I get this Dybbuk box, and I I didn't realize that that was something on the table. It is for the right price, and that price is is it for sale? I'm confused. It was for sale. A paranormal investigator named Mark something. I don't know. He's got a museum in Vegas. He bought it. I don't know his name. Favorite guy's name. There's certain things I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily want to keep in my place of living. Remind remind me to everyone, remind me, because I got to put this on the episode. This exact box was not touched directly, but a person who was holding the box touched the shoulder of a rapper post Malone. And the month after that, he had a series of very unfortunate events. Like his house was broken into. He was in a plane crash. Like, I mean, stuff like that. The history with this, just like, what's his name's car? Remember that guy, the celebrity James Dean's car? Mm Mm-hmm. Whoever was driving it or whoever bought it, they have some kind of thing going on. You know what I'm saying? It's like Nicole Kidman's or not. Um, what's that girl with the money who married that old guy? Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah. Whoever got that money next is like going to die. It's the same kind of shit. So I think there's like that sort of stuff is a more of a, a premonition or like if you you already are bringing into a suspicion that something is negative and I think it like it'll fulfill the prophecy and what you fulfill the prophecy is someone know. breaking in your house and your plane no. crashing. Just, we got to get on this. Just I just want well, you, you were like remind me. Yeah, so, so I don't forget because okay. I didn't put it in here. So instead of cutting the lock off, which I normally would have done, I took a small screwdriver and sort of bent the clasp or metal part that came down and held it. All right, this is what was found in the box, and here's a photo of it. I'll, this is uh, like I said, you know, this photo makes people sick. Just go ahead and read what's in the box. What's in the box? A 1928 U.S. wheat penny, one 1925 U.S. wheat penny, one small lock of blonde hair bound with string. That's this right here. Okay. Yep. One small lock of black brown hair bound with string. That's this, I think. Yeah. These are the two wheat pennies. One small granite statue engraved and gilded with Hebrew letters. That's, we're going to talk about that, but that's that. I have been told that the letters spell out the word shalom. One dried rosebud. One one golden wine cup. That's the Holy Grail. One very strange black cast iron candlestick with holder with octopus legs. That's the thing that holds Will Smith. He was a genie, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. On the back of the wine cabinet was the Shema prayer, which I can show you what it is, but I don't can't tell you more than that. But this is the back of it. You see it's in you see it's engraved in there. Mm-hmm. The Shema prayer. It's a Hebrew. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. I think that's the same prayer that uh, they said on that Skinwalker Ranch. I don't know. All right, let's talk about this because Ida's still in the hospital. And what's this got to do with a box? Surely this box didn't give her a stroke. Over time, several weeks, Ida recovered. She's okay. And it took her many weeks to even speak again, especially about this. But she told her story. So let's go back and see what she went through. See what happened. Was that just all a fluke? Or did this Dybbuk box really almost kill Post Malone? He's that rapper guy. He's got the tattoos on his face. Mm -hmm. Did this Dybbuk box really almost killer. This is what she recalls. Her son 
opened the box for her. The box was closed, but he unwrapped it for her and the box is closed. She's looking at it and she's laying back in the chair. She gets this strange feeling, this feeling that there's something off about this box. It's not, it's not sinister per se, but it's something about it. It's not right. Like something is not right. She can't put her finger on it, but she feels compelled to see what is in it. I looked at the box and it was though the box was looking back at me. So she stands up, but it was almost like it was almost like someone or something was assisting her. She's an older lady. She can't just jump up off the couch and say, what's in the box? Jump up, you know, and do a somersault or whatever. Mm -hmm. She's got weak knees, stuff like that. But remarkably, it felt easy to get up. Felt like she was supposed to. Felt like her body was lighter. She gets up off the chair and she's drawn to this box. For, for reasons she can't even understand. She walks over to the box and she extends her hand and she doesn't want to touch it, but she wants to touch it. Eventually, her fingers touch the top of the box. That box is made out of acacia wood, strong, durable wood. Some would say it's godlike wood, only found in very certain parts of the world. Very, it's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Acacia wood is well known in the Hebrew faith. And I, like I said, if God was to construct a house, he would use a Acacia wood. And I'm not just saying that. Exodus chapter 25, verse 10. Quote, they shall make an ark out of acacia wood, two and a half cubits long, cubit and a half wide, and a cubit and a half high. Brandon would like to correct you, acacia. <laughs> Actually, our um, our floors are uh, acacia, but it's LVP. It's not real acacia, but it's meant to look like acacia. Why don't you correct me when I said it the first time? I wasn't sure how it was pronounced. Thanks, Brandon. Let me go back. Can I see? Let's see. Shit. This is going to sound like stupid as fuck. Let me see. They look great, Brandon. The box was made out of acacia wood. Acacia. You said acacia. All right. You know what? Fuck it. I don't care what I said. Okay. I was just trying to help. You know Jesus what? Jesus Christ. <sighs> now, to open the doors of this box, you got to pull the bottom and then the two doors pop open. I showed you the box. There it is right there again. So she gets this feeling, this weird feeling as she's putting her hand on this box. She runs her fingers along this bronze handle and a very strange thing crossed her mind at that point. The bronze, it was, it had to be modern about the time of the box, the 30s or whatever. But for some reason, she felt it was older, more Romanesque, very old, it's bronze. Not only that, it, it was cold to the touch, very cold. All of a sudden, her two fingers pulled open the latch and the door sprung open. And you can read what she said. From Ida Manis, the door opened and it, it was like this cold breeze coming out. That cold breeze shot out. It hits her face cold enough to dry out her eyes. It was just, it was weird. Yeah, it's Portland and it's cold outside or it's getting cold. You know, it's almost November, but the box has been inside the whole time under a lamp you know, to showcase it for the mom. The whole box on the outside is warm. Why is inside in this void cold? And what is this breeze? Like, mm-hmm. why is there a breeze that just hit me? There's not a fan in the box. So where's this breeze coming from? It hit her face, dries out her eyes. I couldn't describe it. Just pure evil. I couldn't run away. I, I, I couldn't run away from it. I knew then I was having a stroke. At that point, she says her mouth contorted, her eyes started to sag, and she desperately tried to close her eyes, but she was, she knew that she had to protect Kevin, her son. And that's why with all her strength, she raised her finger and pointed at that box. So what do you think about all this? Crazy? 
It is crazy. Creepy. Wonder why the woman who had it would have kept it, you know? Like, what was her attachment to it? I wonder what the story really is there. I mean, I know it was one of the few items she had that she brought over to America. Okay, I'm going to briefly go over it because this is getting way too long just for this simple story. It's good, though. It's really interesting. And there, there are many versions. And obviously, the woman who owned it, Elvella, she's dead. Right. And she sure as hell didn't want this box to get out. She didn't think it was going to leave the family. But apparently, when she acquired it, there's different stories. There is a book on this, but there's not any copies. And the only copy is like $400 fucking dollars. And I'm not buying that shit. And it's not on Kindle or anything. But there's this researcher and this museum curator that did all this research on it. And what he found was Havela, the woman who owned the box, who survived the concentration camp, had acquired it and then performed a seance with several friends around the box. Hmm. So she was into some sort of white magic or magic in general. And when they opened the box during the seance, they heard voices mm. of several spirits. This is this is kind of the history of it. These spirits had asked if they could come into the world and they could if Havela and the other people doing the seance allowed it. However, they didn't trust the intentions of the spirits. So what they did instead was allow them to come into our world. But then they trapped them into this box. And after that, she locked the box. Dang. That is a story. That's quite the so story. If that story is accurate, this box is now open. It was open in 2001. And mm. these spirits are now out in the world. This woman's not making this up. No. She is, she was, it, there's an interview of her talking about this. She was scared shitless. You can tell it in, in her face. She she is stuttering, recalling this information. Hmm. Something hit her in the face. Yeah. Some breeze. That gives, that gives some pretty, that seems kind of credible to yeah, that whole that's story. very interesting, yeah. They, they locked the spirits into the... Now, I'm not saying they were bad or good. I guess the guy that did all, all the research for the book, but I, I couldn't get the book. So yeah. I don't know what kind of spirits they are, but apparently they were locked in this box. And that's the story of the Debuk box. Dang, that's crazy. So what do you think? Oh, let me show you the Post Malone thing. I don't think YouTube will ban us, but if... Um, so so he touched the box. What's the story? He No, I'm, I'm going to show you the video. So the guy who owns the box now... So the box goes through many many, many uh, sellers. And let me show you, this is very interesting because Kevin, what I didn't mention, Kevin actually tried to give the box away. He tried to give the box back to the original family. They refused to take it. He tried to give the box to anyone. No one would take it. His sister took the box for a while. She started seeing these strange entities. Instead of paraphrasing, let's see what he said, his exact words on this, okay? Because he tried to sell it on eBay and it became one of those eBay things that was like haunted haunted type of shit, right? Mm -hmm. One second. But it sold on eBay? Yeah, it did. And the guy who bought it on eBay started having all these problems, similar problems, unfortunate events, not not death or anything, but things would happen like, you know, he lost all his money. He, he would get very sick. He would have these strange nightmares. So then he sold the box. And then the box ends up in this paranormal guy who's very famous. I forgot his name, but he owns a museum in Vegas called Not Haunted. It's a museum. That's where the box is now, the original box, the debit box. And he bought it for whatever sum that was probably pretty high, I'd imagine. But at first it was selling for like, you know, $27 to like 
$200. That was it. Let, let me show you the original eBay post because you can see what he wrote. Yeah, I'm curious, actually. Yeah. Martin says, if just to lock it up, why even agree like to allowing the spirits to come into the world? Natasha says in her best Indiana Jones voice, it belongs in a museum. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is so funny, man. <laughs> I know where you're going with that. No, so people people make these Dybbuk boxes and open them up like they're haunted. They're not. So a Dybbuk is not. It's a wine cabinet. It should be called the haunted wine cabinet. A Dybbuk can be any object. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But this is the eBay post from the first time that Kevin tried to sell it. He was going to sell it. But you see, it did sell for 280 bucks, 51 bids. This was in 2000. Did he offer free shipping or? Um, when was this? 2000. Does it say a date on it? Oh, yeah. 2004. 2004. Oh, no. This is the second time it sold. Sorry. This is the second time it sold. Okay. And this was the original description on it. When I tried to give it back to the original owner, she yelled, we don't want it. She began to cry, asked me to leave and quickly walked away. I wrote the whole episode off to grief. Then things got worse after having it with, for two years. Then things got worse. So she was, so this happened October 31st, Halloween, which makes sense. The mother, it was her birthday on the 28th, but she shows up at the shop on Halloween day, which is the day where demons can walk the earth. Mm-hmm. So it does make Makes sense that they could get out that day if you believe in that. Since the day I brought it home, I began having strange, a strange recurring nightmare. Every time I have the horrible dream, it goes something like this. I find myself walking with a friend, usually someone I know well and trust at some point in the dream. I find myself looking into the eyes of the person that I am with. It is then I realize there is something different, something evil looking back at me. At that point in my dream, the person I am, I, the person I am with changes into what can only be described as the most gruesome demonic looking hag that I've ever seen. So they use the word old hag for like old demons. You know, um, what's that? The the Granny Ripper was called. I can't remember. Um, Remember what they were calling her? Baby Yaga. Oh, Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. Yeah. So that's an old hag. The family said it seems like all hell is breaking loose at the house. I started seeing what I can only describe as shadow things in my peripheral vision. I put the cabinet aside in a storage unit and was awakened when the smoke alarm in the unit went off in the middle of the night. I went to see what was burning. I opened the door and didn't see any smoke. However, I did get the smell of cat urine, which is, the it does have, they say that ghost, you remember watching Skinwalker Ranch? They said that too. It's they, it's a strong sense of, a strong scent of urine, animal urine, like wolf urine or something hmm. when there's a presence around. They say that a lot. The guy that bought it from the first guy, Kevin, said, quote um, a couple things around October 6th I started feeling bad with trouble sleeping the problem has persisted throughout the day so he kept a log of it oh wow I live alone now and as of late I've noticed replacing a lot of burnout light bulbs and getting many unusual car repairs transmission fluid I've started seeing things sort of like large vertical dark blurs in my peripheral vision I smell something like juniper bushes or stingy ammonia in my garage often Most disturbingly, last Tuesday, 
My hair began to fall out. Today, it's about half gone. Jesus. So that was on Tuesday. And then by Friday, it's half gone. I am in my early 20s, and I just got a clean blood test back from the doctors. Maybe it's stress-related. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. I mean, wow, that's crazy. Is it not? So every, so this is the guy that bought it from Kevin. So Kevin lists all his stuff. Like his family started going through all these problems. He sold it to this guy. Now he's having all these problems. And then even, I'm telling you, um, the Post Malone thing, he's that rap. He actually was in the museum and he didn't want to touch it because he believes in spirits and stuff like that. He refused to touch it. But the guy who owns the museum had the box in his hand and he put his hand on this guy's shoulder. And then later that month, he almost died like twice or something. I'm going to show you right now the video of him touching it. So this is it. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, seems pretty crazy. And, and while it's out there, I don't know. Some things you just can't explain. All right, check this out. The guy that owns the box is right there, the museum curator. See, the rapper's trying to leave. And then you see you see, there's some kind of weird interaction or something going on. He's The rapper's like real freaked out or something. But you see him kind of touch the box sort of. So that it was like a contact. It went all the way through him apparently. Ever since then, he... For at least a month later, he had a series of uh, series of things. Post Malone did? Yeah, yeah. His plane tires blew out. His Roy's Royce got in a car accident. And his former house was robbed all in the same month. And then he came out and said he, he's, he thinks he's cursed. And he's been trying to get rid of this curse. And it seems like he did go visit like a some sort of, I don't know, Kabbalah or whatever. I don't know, crazy. Yeah, that is wild. That's a crazy story. I'd be open to watching the movie if you want to watch that or if if you want to keep watching the other stuff. What do you guys think? I know that was kind of different. I, uh, I like it. I wanted to do more research on it, but it's kind of limited with... You know, not having that book and stuff, but I did as much as I could. That's all right. But what do you think? Do you believe in the box or not? The Maybe. I mean, I think there's a lot of unexplainable things related to that story. I think some things maybe could be logically explained, but not all of it. What do you guys think out there? So if you guys like this, I'll start doing these during the week. Yeah, those were fun. You know, just for you guys kind of thing. I mean, I'll still put this out tomorrow on the podcast. Yeah, part. I love it. So anyway. Cool. All right, sweet. Back to Morris for headlines. So, all right, well, that's it. Can you sign us off? Good night, you spooky, spooky people. I kind of run this shit.